the film series that won't die to nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. The Amityville Horror Podcast. Welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I am Pat. This week it's Amityville Poltergeist. Which is the one that has poltergeist after the word Amityville. Yep. We've had toy boxes. We've had we've had things that are less obvious than poltergeist. Like if you're like... The Harvest one, which yeah. was really just Amityville, but with a vampire. Which is different from the one we'll be watching in like a week or so, which is just Amityville, Amityville vampire. vampire. Like there's Amityville Moon, which is not Amityville Werewolf, that leaves Amityville, Amityville Werewolf on the table. Yes, even though Amityville Moon is a werewolf movie. Right. Yeah. Um, that's werewolves. Because <laughs> we don't expect them to go back to the same well over and over again. No, they keep forgetting that there is a well at the bottom of the house. That's the one part of going back to the well that they keep missing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so as it's like I'm trying to think of like the future quote-unquote installments of Amityville. So obviously they have to do Amityville on the Amityville Nightmare on Elm Street at some point. Right. Um, or Amityville Nightmare Warrior or whatever mm. they want to call it. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Some sort of... Because there were plenty of Freddy knockoffs through the 80s. I mean, yeah, but honest to God, they've all faded completely away. Thankfully. Like, I, I can't even name one mm. off the top of my head. Though, I did think of, like... There was one movie where it's like, oh, this is just Freddy. But yeah. whatever. Like, uh, Amityville Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't had, like, a... Uh, Camp Amityville. Camp Amityville. No, I think they're just going to actually use the names. Like, we'll get Cam- like Amityville, Amityville, Heredita- Amityville Hereditary. Uh, <laughs> Midsummer a- a- Amityville. A- yeah, a- Amityville Midsummer. Uh, Amityville Us. Amityville Get Out. <laughs> which that um, one it would almost work because Get Out. Oh, yeah. Nah, that's actually the one that would yeah. work. Uh, Amityville Child's Play. Um, I'm trying to think on like broader concepts what they haven't hit like Amityville House but it's like House where you know they have the ding dong thing on the, oh on ding the dong you're dead no 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 like oh. the cover of the, the movie House the poster mm-hmm. yeah like they just do it's like one logo like the Amityville is in like the original Amityville font and then House is in the House font because they just don't understand what's going on it's like nice. yeah we're doing a haunted house Amityville movie I mean it's been so uh, like yeah we're I'm pretty sure we're the first ones to ever think to do a haunted house movie but call it Amityville what if they did a remake of all four house movies mm-hmm. in the Amityville series, just throwing it on there? Because while it's going to be a betrayal of the first two, it's going to probably be just as good as three and four. Okay. Amityville House Party. Oh. <laughs> Not only do I love it, I love it, but it implies that we get a follow-up of yes. Amityville House Party 2 Pajama Jammy Jam. Yes. Oh my God, Amityville ha- Amityville House Party. Uh, oh, that's what we need. That's I what love we need. Because it. it's a um, sequ- it, it, it finally merges together the House Party franchise with the Amityville franchise. Um, I mean, how long do we have to demand this? Like, uh, like you people have been yelling about Amityville House Party for years. Uh, Amityville House Sue. Amityville House Sue. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean. 
some of the Amityvilles we've watched are... No, no, nothing is as crazy as House Soup. Nothing I've ever seen is as crazy as House Soup. Other than Pee-wee's Playhouse. Honest to God. I can see that. <laughs> like, I can I was, see that. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched House Sue, and it, like, it gets to the part where like the old lady is in the kitchen just dancing around with all these skeletons. Is like, and now we're Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. And then the piano eats the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man turns into bananas. Uh, yeah. Um, for anyone at home, um, I could say that those were spoilers, but also there is no way to spoil Hausu. It's 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 also like forty years old at this point. Also true. So but, I mean, yeah, it's been on HBO for a while. Yeah, yeah if you have HBO Max, uh, it's a Japanese movie from the late seventies that yeah is just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It is. It's so good. It's so good. It's in the Criterion Collection. Criterion Hausu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Never gonna have an Amityville movie in the in the Criterion Collection. Probably not. But what if there was like Amityville Eight and a Half? Ooh. <laughs> or Amityville The Seventh Seal. Ooh. And it's a possessed chessboard. Amityville Ronin. Oh. Amityville Amityville Rashomon. Um. Amityville Zatoichi, The Blind Samurai. Yeah. Zatoichi. Zatoichi. I I always saw it in print. I never heard it out loud. I think, yeah, I think it's Zatoichi. Okay. Yeah, it's like, you, I think the Japanese usually just kind of go with, like, every syllable and just the and, and the vowel, like, at the same, like, you kind of, yes, you kind of yeah, go yeah, at it individually yeah. and then mm-hmm. it forms the word, which is mm-hmm. completely different from how all other words are pronounced. Yeah, no, the, like, each, yeah, each <laughs> vowel is its own singular sound. I really, yeah, no, absolutely. Zatoichi. Actually, oh. when I le- worked at uh, the toy distributor, I had to learn how to pronounce a lot of the Japanese import stuff, and sure, sure. somebody gave us a pronunciation guide that I oh, nice. did not apply to. Yeah, Zoichi. I always like how like no two people ever pronounce Toby Hooper's name the same way. Yeah. Did we ever like confirm how his name was pronounced? No. Yeah. I've never heard a confirmation. Um, I've seen Toby because T O B E. Tobe. Tobe. I mean, I, I, I knew one guy that pronounced it Tobe. And mm. I was like, I can't confirm the others. I'm pretty sure that one's not it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that one. And it's not Tubi, which is no. our home for so many of these. As we will be watching with the Amityville Poltergeist, Amityville Alien. Oh God! There has um, there's Amityville in space was announced as of us recording this, and thank you all for the messages, uh, letting us know about it. Fucking you, hell! You <laughs> see what we're in for. Like, I'm glad that people are actually getting previews of what we go through. My buddy, uh, he uh, he watched the, he, he he watched the trailer for Amityville in space, and he says, I, I, "I've seen better production values in porno movies." And then he's like, "No, no, no! I mean." Better production value in amateur porno movies. Okay. To which I said, you haven't gotten to Amityville Vibrator yet. Best of both worlds. I hate everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, like when you say better production value than porn, people forget about pirates. Mm. Which, uh, UMB, or College Park. Uh, University of Maryland College Park actually showed the X-rated pirates as a midnight movie. And their argument was, we're a college if you're not over 18, you don't go here. So, yeah, we can show a midnight movie that is an adult movie that also has an incredibly big production budget for especially this kind of movie. And 
I haven't seen it, but I've heard it. It is actually a pretty fun movie. Fair enough. With also porn. <sighs> but like movie itself, and then also there's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and also sexy times. Um, there's Amityville Pirate. Amityville Pirate. I haven't gotten that. Amityville mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. The Amityville Canadian. The Amityville Canadian. I don't know what it would be, but I feel like well, somebody will do it. What's the Canadian? Just somebody that's like it's an Amityville oh, house okay. in Canada. Mm. I don't. Mm. I don't know. I mean, with the way the the cursed objects move around the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a curling one. stone. Yeah, Amityville Hellraiser. Uh huh. Amityville Saw. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of serial killer stuff in general in these, and I feel like that's something that's missing. I appreciate that they do try to keep it somewhat supernatural, yeah, even if yeah, it's not yeah. always you know haunted house supernatural. True. What with uh, the Amityville Shark movie. It's Amityville Shark movie. Dear God. All right. Oh, so. the women in prison one. Yes. Completely do. They were they, they were checking a lot of boxes in that movie, which that was the actual title was Amityville Island, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's it's one of those like who but who first thought to put chocolate and peanut butter together? They were a genius. But then somebody said possessed shark and nanotech in a women's prison. Yeah. That is not chocolate and peanut butter. No, these are the same people that have done the space movie. Yeah, because there's that one guy. So what we can assume we should is actually learn his name at this point. We really should. He's going to keep popping up in these goddamn things. Do we think that Amityville in space is going to involve twenty percent space, more or less? Less, less, less. Yeah, much less. Well, I re- like I can't wait to see what the how like I can't wait to see the spaceship that looks oddly like a house. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I watched this like one Michael Du this a uh, cheapy Michael Dudikoff submarine movie because Christopher Titus was in it, mm-hmm. and uh, of course it's a low budget thing. They don't they they don't they can't build any sets, and so they they don't have access to an actual submarine. So it's like we we we're using a lot of factories because you get a lot of graded floors. But also, you know, concrete. Yeah. Which, I don't know, the, a good or a bad idea to have on a submarine. Bad. Yeah. I'm going to go bad. I'm going to go I, bad. I thought bad as well. Yeah. But, so, yeah. So, Amityville Poltergeist, which is kind of like Western Redundancy Theater in terms of, it's, it's my writing pen, it's my sitting chair. It's like Amityville yeah. Poltergeist. There's always been a poltergeist. It's always been a, a ghosts in the house. Well, it's sometimes been ghosts, sometimes been demons, um, yeah, and even true. within ghosts, a poltergeist is arguably a playful spirit, mm. whereas in the movie Poltergeist, it's much more malicious. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Way to take the movie side over me. I'm just spitballing <laughs> here. <laughs> I'm, Yeah. I mean, I'm still waiting for... There hasn't been an Amityville dinosaur movie, and it's probably oh, going to be Marcolonia that does it. Yeah. He's got the dinosaur puppets. Amityville dinosaur. Amityville carnosaur. Oh. Or, or would it be just like like Amityville, we're back? Amityville prehysteria? That's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, I mean, but there's so many of those. There's, uh, what was it? Prehysteria is the one with Austin O'Brien, though, right? Right. Yeah, that, yeah. like with the little critters. Amityville Critters. Amityville Critters, shit. Yeah, yeah. the Krites. Kill Krites. Terrence Mann would do it. That man doesn't say no to things. 
which is kind of great. Like, I was very pleasantly surprised when, like, uh, the first time I watched Sensei, I was like, I would swear that's the guy from Critters, but there's no, like, he doesn't work anymore. Oh, my God. Good for you, buddy. And you're playing, like, the evil Gen 13 bad guy. Because, well, Sensei is just really feels like Gen 13, the TV show. <laughs> In all the best possible ways. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like Wildstorm comic booky type of stuff, which was yeah. why I liked it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. That and the next level sex scenes, because, you know, yeah. yeah. But anyway. So when you said uh, Terrence, it actually made me think, what if there was a Terrence Malick Amityville? God, it would be, I would I would destroy my own television. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like Terrence Malick films at all. It would definitely be an Amityville movie that gets over the 75-minute mark. And it would be beautiful. Like, it would be the most well-shot, like, mm-hmm. tone poem about Amityville, Long Island that you could ever make. And it would yeah. just be it's, it's soul-crushingly boring. If you want an Amityville movie to look like the background images of an antidepressant ad, mm. Terrence Malick mm. is your man. We need Lars von Trier's Amityville. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yes. Yes. To oh, revitalize God. everything. Lars von Trier's Amityville. All right. If you had if you had your choice between a Lars von Trier Amityville or a Clive Barker Amityville. Lars von Trier. Really? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I adore all three movies that Clive Barker's made, mm-hmm. but he clearly does not, is not interested in making films anymore. So, okay. you know. Um... I, I, I did love, like, if you watch Hellraiser, Nightbreed, and Lord of Illusion in quick succession, you see him get, like, leveling up like crazy between each movie. It is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lord of Illusions, I think, is the best movie that he made. Be- just because it's the it, it successfully combined film noir with horror. And uh-huh. they're equal parts of both, and which like is insane. horror. Yeah. And uh, plot's great, character's great. It is the best looking movie he made. Absolutely. So, which mm-hmm. I mean, part of that is it was the mid '90s, so it's just mm-hmm. better looking film is cheaper now, right? Um, and he he got better budgets. He got more confident in what he was doing. Yeah. I still think for a first time effort that Hellraiser oh, is incredible. Especially he started with Hellraiser. I, I like. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to give many short shrift or anything. Oh, yeah. It just it's, he made Hellraiser as his first movie, and it's. Him learning, and it's still probably. Mm, there's some good looking Hellraisers. I was gonna say the best looking one, but no, there's some really beautiful stuff. Hellraiser Honestly, five does is a great looking movie. One through five all have some really mm-hmm. really gorgeous stuff. Yeah. Uh, even the three is a jumbled mess. It doesn't fit Hellraiser but so it, much, but, but it looks it, good. It looks great. Actually, I, actually, I love that one. The Hellraiser three is kind of like your uh, Friday the Thirteenth five. Yeah, where it was just like, well, we wrote ourselves into a corner at the end of this one, and so now we're going to jump out, mm-hmm. and this is where we landed, and they at least acknowledged it, and then yeah. immediately back. Yeah, it's a sore thumb as plot goes for the first four, but then five forward kind of does the same thing of like hop out mm-hmm. of. Yeah, but. Um, Tony Hickox has usually made as good a looking movie as he can with the money he's given. Sure. Um, for the cheap, cheap budgets that he's had for most of his career, like, yeah, he, he, he knows what he wants and he gets a damn good look out of it. Yeah. 
Lars von Trier, though, is consistently, all of his movies are the most gorgeous things that make you want to eat a bullet at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I if I had to pick, I would pick Lars von Trier over Clive Barker. For if those if these are the choices that you're giving, gotcha. Yeah, I off the cuff. But Clive Barker, no, I adore. Mm-hmm. I love all the movies that he directed, and it annoys me. Like the only thing that annoys me less than him not writing as often as uh, often anymore is that mm-hmm. he hasn't made another movie. Which yeah. I appreciate. Lord of Illusions found its fandom later, mm-hmm. which hurt him, which sucked because yeah. it was so good. But yeah, I, I think he just likes painting now. Like, he doesn't yeah. really write. He doesn't make movies. But he's, man, that guy paints like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But he's a creative and he's found his outlet for now. Yeah. And his outlet his outlet may shift again. He might write for stage again. He might. Yeah. I mean, one hopes. Yeah. As long as he is enjoying what he's doing. Yeah. Or, or it's therapeutic for him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been another installment of Pat and Tom talking about everything but the movie that we haven't seen yet. And we are definitely far enough into this series that we have covered so many of the, well, this is about a ghost. We've talked about ghosts. Yeah. Well, this is about a possessed toy. Well, we've talked about possessed toys. Is there anything new Amityville under the sun? Mm, Amityville Sunshine. Amityville Sunshine. Amityville 28 Days Later. Yeah. Amityville Living Dead. Amityville how is there not how has there not been Amityville Living Dead? There has not been a zombie one. Yeah. Like a full on zombie. There's yeah. been a, like yeah. Wait, I think Uprising is about a zombie, oh. zombie outbreak. Well we so have that to look forward to. There's that. But anyway, yeah. in front of us, Amityville Poltergeist, which is about Amityville and a poltergeist. Discuss. Alright. Talk to you in a few. watched more boring movies on this podcast absolutely but this was still pretty boring you called the big twist at the end very early in yeah and it's a, like that's really the, the the key problem with the movie is that 95% of the movie is first act and then the last five minutes is the second and third act mm-hmm and it's told in flashbacks, building us up to the big twist. Uh, everything is prologue. The entire movie is prologue. The entire movie is prologue. That's uh, kind of nuts. Yeah. Uh, two concurrent, or not concurrent, but two separate stories uh, from separate weekends that are separately similarly dated. So that it took us a good chunk to realize the month was shifting. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get it till halfway through. So the the movie opens with the opening, and then it cut. Then we get a title card uh, six days earlier, and these are February nineteenth through the twenty fifth. And then about half, but we keep getting flashbacks to characters that were seemingly not in the movie anymore, and. They also had title cards, and it took us like two or three cha- like title cha- the title cards to realize it was January nineteenth mm-hmm. through twenty sixth for these uh, for this other story. So there are two there's there are two flashbacks. the The movie consists of two extended flashbacks running in parallel and separated only by month, like a month title. Because it's the same goddamn days. But they don't tell you a month earlier. 
Yeah, like they, they tell not. you six days earlier, but then they cut when they cut to a month earlier. We're not expecting that. We saw nineteenth day, yeah. day of the week, weekend. Oh, that's a Thursday. Well, this is Friday, so yeah. this must be the next day. No, it's a month ago, Friday. Yeah. Um, it's it's not an insurmountable. No, but it's uh, poor storytelling, and there's not a lot of story to tell. Which, oof. So. We open with Tony and his ma coming home from somewhere. Fun fact. We finished the movie and we still don't know where they went. And uh, Tony is looking for this piece of shit teenager that he hired to uh, watch the, to house sit for his ma named Jim. He calls. He's calling on Jim's cell phone and he hears a faint ringing in the distance, which he follows until he finds Jim in the uh, like little room underneath a staircase, little yeah, storage a little, room. Like, yeah, a little like cubby hole. Yeah, exactly. And Jim breathes out, and it apparently smells like a fart. And then we get the opening credits, and then six days earlier. February 19th at 4.20 in the afternoon. Like, like full dragnet style. And at 4.20, Jim and his friends are taking the reefer. They're smoking a joint at 4.20, because it's 4.20! That that energy you just heard me give, that is 20 times the combined energy of all the actors in the film. Yeah. So, so Jim's friends, Allison and uh, Colin, are on his bed smoking a doobie while he is looking for work for jobs that will give him money as opposed to jobs that you know don't give money yeah i i, I think they call that volunteer work indeed but yeah. he needs money and he uh, so he is of course looking at blood donation at first but he cannot st- stomach the idea of having needles in him and having blood removed so mm-hmm. he keeps going down the craigslist path and finds a gig house-sitting at the Oregon edition of the Amityville house? Like, this was filmed yeah. in Portland. It was filmed in Portland. It's supposed to be in Amityville, as far as we can tell. They never actually they never say anything. They never yeah. identify the town. But, to being credit, generous. To their credit, the house does have windows that are vaguely reminiscent of the eye windows in the Amityville house. Like, I, we're going to complain about just about everything about this movie but credit where credit's due it is more of an like an actual Amityville thing than we've seen in a while mm-hmm. a building chaos nice. people slowly going crazy mm-hmm. not sure if what they're seeing is real or not yeah all um, generated from the house for reasons right that were never quite given no no not at all so so yeah um, they're smoking up uh, he's trying to figure out the gig they have a Simpsons tangent that doesn't actually reference the Simpsons they just talk about how the Simpsons is a cultural touchstone which is something that comes up through the course of the movie they mention pop culture things just enough to say that they're aware of them but don't do anything with it. It's kind of like that one vine where the guy keeps saying how he loves music and keeps misidentifying music. I love pop culture. I love pop famous things. This is a famous thing, right? now. Oh, I'm sorry. You never seen that one? The I love music. This is this is this is this is not music. Oh, because I love music. 
I have to, see, have to check that out. It's it's fun. It's it's Vine famous. It's like well, yeah. it's on every other twenty five minute long R.I.P. Vine compilation, which <laughs> I used to watch a lot of until I found that there are Saturday Night Live compilations of a similar sort. I lead a lonely yeah. life. Anyway. Yeah. The internet gives us funnies. It does. So um, so Jim goes to interview at the uh, the. New Amityville. The the Amityville split level? No, it's not a split level. The, the Amityville, Amityville track house. Yeah, it's a track house. It, like, I don't know if they're implying that the mom lived there for like generations or something, but... It looks very unlived in. It looks pretty brand new, generic. You, this is a rental. Yeah. We thought it was an apartment for a long stretch until they actually did give us enough geography to see somebody go out a door and it actually went outside, not mm-hmm. to a hallway. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of beige. There's a lot of taupe. It's a lot of taupe in this house. Yeah. It's a lot of generic drywall, basic furniture, IKEA stuff. It, um, look, it looks like a college student. This is this is the director's home. Obviously, yeah, yeah, this is the yeah. director's home. And this is my first place on my own. Yeah, which it is a house, so good for him. But. Uh, so Jim interviews the mother, uh, Eunice, Uni, uh, quite vocally does not want anybody staying in the house while they're away. We don't know where they're going or why. We don't know why Tony insists that they need a house sitter since there are no pets or plants as near as I could tell. Mm -hmm. And it was only going to be for a week. And the mom even says you don't actually have to stay here. Several, several times. But Jim so, needs that money. And he's curious as to why he would need to stay there if he doesn't need to stay there and there's nothing to take care of. These are all red flags. These are all red flags. At this point, the only thing I could say for certain is like, oh, well, the the people that made this movie watched House of the Devil. But then within five minutes of Jim staying in the house, we found out that, oh, while they've seen House of the Devil, they love J-Har. Because uh, Jim is... Jim spends his first night, and uh, he's calling up ordering a pizza, and in the background there is a uh, a shape in the in the in the in the back of the house of a person in a dress with like long black hair drooping o- drooping in front of her face, and she's hunched over. And I wrote in my notes Samara, and then five minutes later you see her kind of like vaguely trying to claw her way out of the television set, and it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, it's just Samara. Yeah. Uh, completely owned that, uh, I mean, in the copyright ceiling kind of way. Yeah. Um, we get her coming out of the TV. We get images of an earwig crawling on the floor. We get random thumping around the house. We get... Which the thumping is confusing as to whether or not it is actually the Samara ghost or if it's a dream. Because there's a lot of... Cut like uh, dream dreams being presented as reality, and then the character waking up. So Jim keeps dreaming of Samara walk like loudly walking up the steps. Mm-hmm. And then he'll wake up and nothing happened, and then oh, Samara's in the bed, and that's when uh, like they keep mixing the Samara from I'm sorry, Samara from the Ring films or Sadako from Ringu, and uh, but they keep every time they do a close up of her. 
She's doing a very contorted, uh, scary face a la The Grudge. Mm-hmm. Juan. But we don't get a good look at her face for a long stretch. No. Most of the time, she is hunched over like a scoliosis poster. Yeah, just kind of obscured. Yeah. But once we get our first flashback with the, uh, the sister who used to live with Eunice, I immediately called that she is the guest. And well, she has alert, long, she dark wants. hair, yeah, and exactly. she's, she's missing person. from the other scenes where yeah. her family's shown. So, yeah. yeah, so we start cutting back between uh, Jim and February house sitting, and Tony, Eunice, the sister, and the nephew from some other, you know, non-explained uh, relative. Yeah, we don't know Alex. We don't know who he keeps. He he talks. He calls Eunice Aunt Uni, and refers to his refers to his mother as like his mother, but never in reference to like who he who she is in reference to Tony, Donna the sister, or Eunice the mother. Anyway, we have an extra character. <laughs> but so uh, in 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 January. Uh, Eunice was having a lot of trouble sleeping and felt very creeped out about. Uh, being in the house by herself without a gun. And she started having dreams about the same apparition that Jim is dreaming mm-hmm. about. Coming up the steps up the, the steps. same way. Um, she knows something's evil in the house. She's mm-hmm. starting to maybe go paranoid. Oh, yeah. Her her children are arguing like, oh, is mom safe? Yeah, probably. Maybe we should get her help. Well, she's on medication. That should be enough help. Oh, you all think I'm crazy. No, but you are on medication to regulate things that are behavioral. Yeah. So glad to see. Let's at least acknowledge this part of our relationship would be a thing that you might want to have put in there. Yeah, glad to hear that the hearing aids are working though. Yeah, <laughs> Eunice says uh, describes herself as uh, either pushing seventy or is seventy, and uh, like most old pe- older people in film, has gone prematurely jet black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's the way Newton. Exactly, it's yeah. pretty bad. But so those are intercut, and again, like both of these, both of these extended flashbacks never push the story forward with any sort of urgency. Like yeah. we keep getting all the Eunice stuff. They're both trying to really push the bigger mystery, but the bigger mystery has already been pretty well nailed. Uh, or if presented at least, like yeah. okay, we get it because we keep seeing. The ghost stomping up the stairs. There's like five different sequences of this. And it's like, okay, yes. You have to show us the next thing now. Mm-hmm. We have to go forward. Or else this is boring. So mom is nervous. She gets the gun. Oh, that's that's later. Full like first uh, okay, I, back I back know. in February. Yeah, no, it's just... all mixed up. Because back in February, back back in the future. Uh, Jim doesn't want to be alone, so he has Colin and Allison visit, and uh, Colin is drunk off his ass on. This was the only thing I genuinely liked about the movie. The beer they're drinking is 245 Trioxin beer, which for hardcore horror nerds, you'll know that that is the chemical used in all of the Return of the Living Dead movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones that spun out with the punks in the 80s. Yeah. And I have, um, I have the Tarman figure right over there. Nice. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, like this movie is occasionally peppered with references to other things, but not in a way that necessarily is clever to its script here. No. As, oh, we've also seen a thing. I hope that's enough of a breadcrumb to keep you on. Yeah. I appreciated it, though. I I mean, I always appreciate a a, a nice nod. Oh, sure. And they weren't ham-fisted on it. No, 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 no. It didn't become a plot point or anything. But so Colin is drunk off his ass, and Allison is really trying to hook up with Jim, Mm -hmm. Colin's best friend. Now, let's talk about Colin for a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Colin is the store brand version of Justin Timberlake, like, aesthetically. Yeah. Um... Complete douchebag, like <laughs> flat top haircut, uh, the, the like the kind of hipster burr or buzz fade thing on right, the sides. Yeah. Um, at one point, he's wearing a, a t shirt that says "Bitches be tripping," and at the bottom, "Okay, I may have pushed them." Yay! Ha ha! Another one says he's a hugs. winner. Yeah, he's pretty awesome, <laughs> and uh, mind you. Uh, Jim, Jim is uh, the American and or Canadian version of Ben Wishaw, but yeah. with like an even even flatter affect. It was annoying. Like there's, you can play disaffected, but still, you know, an mm-hmm. active person yeah. in, the, in the thing or somebody with emotions. But I don't think he makes eye contact with anybody in the entire film. It's kind of weird. It's tough to tell because eye lines are not necessarily well established. No. That's it. The the film is well shot, which was kind of nice. The DP did the best with every shot he was told to shoot, but it doesn't necessarily... It wasn't shot well for editing. No. So, yeah. I mean, everything is lit at least competently. There is some direction towards... Like, lighting tone, a lot of decent framing. It looks a lot more professional than a lot of the ones we've watched. There was a sense of filmmaking going in. Yeah, which was, uh, like, again, with the kind of direct homages to the Amityville movies, was just a nice, nice refresh. It was refreshing. Yeah, it's not something we get a lot of. Not anymore. But, um... So we have another couple of rounds of spooky wookie uh, stair thumping in both February and January. And then in February, uh, Jim has Allison come over because he needs to feel something. And then we have the best scene in the whole movie, which yeah. is uh, at, like we finally get the backstory on Jim about how his mother had died two years prior. And uh, uh, he. <laughs> He mentions it with mild surprise that his family, you know, kind of fell apart after that. Mm -hmm. You know, the mother died. And, uh... Dumb to luck. It's weird that way. And, uh, so when, uh, his father, Jim's father had asked him to take a year off of school, uh, to help take care of uh, Jim's sister, Caitlin, who was not, who was having just an extraordinarily rough time of it. And did we ever actually meet Caitlin? No. No. Okay. She's just mentioned. Uh, mentioned. Um, he just bailed. He just left. And this is why he's, like, in college with no money. Because, you know, reasons. Right. But Allison also kind of, like, 
she's vulnerable with him and she admits that like she does love Colin but she also just likes screwing around on him and stuff and she had, she mm. says flat out that she admits she's damaged and she knows she makes mistakes and that this is one of them yeah uh, but they have a heart to heart and it was pretty good his dialogue about where he's coming from um, with all of his tragedy and his family feels heartfelt her dialogue about where she's coming from and, you know, what she's been through and why she behaves the way she does is heartfelt. Like, both of them perform very well in this. Yeah. And this is the scene where the characters actually have dialogue that felt like they came from a person. Not just, like, believable, but it actually felt like there was some heart behind writing those sequences. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. There was... It felt very out of place in this movie because it was good. Yeah. It really, (laughs) like... It was this moment of raw emotional honesty that was played well. And it stood out like a sore thumb. Um, But my compliments to everyone who made something work in the middle of a lot of the rest of this. Of which there's not a lot. Like, there's the movie is 90 minutes, but there's just not a lot of content. We've pretty much covered most of it. Yeah. So we get then we go back to Jan, we go back to January, and Alex, the shit stained nephew slash cousin, who seems like an all right, an, an all right enough guy, but Tony, yeah, he's fine. Tony hates him, but Tony doesn't seem like a person that likes people. Uh, Alex uh, brings. Uh, Eunice the gun that she has been begging for for the entire movie and well, once Eunice has the gun it's like okay yep most definitely Donna is our ghost mm. Donna the sister who uh, you know used to live with uh, Eunice but moved six six houses down because she needed her own space which I think is actually a kind of decent compromise all things yeah, considered yeah, like I don't want to live with my mother but I'm there whenever you know you need anything it's, you know, different. But anyway, then we cut back to February. I swear to God, there was no point to the cutting I, back and forth. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. And uh, uh, Jim has invited Colin up to, uh, you know, spend the last night in the house with him because he's just kind of nervous. Allison is back at presumably her place. And uh, she starts seeing the uh, Samara ghost in her own in her home, like which is a completely different place. Mm-hmm. To the point where she calls Jim. Yeah, she calls Jim, and the ghost is literally like at the foot of her bed, staring at her, and she's just kind of looking at it like it's a leaky pipe. Well, it's like the grudge. It's like when you like the, the little grudge kid shows up and it's just staring at people from different parts of a room. Mm-hmm. Like I've never watched any of the grudge movies, but you know the. The trailers are memorable. Yeah. But then she's she's just on the phone with Jim saying, you know, I need I to talk to you. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. There is a ghost three feet from her staring her down. And she's saying it fairly casually. Yeah. I would be, hey, I am either going insane or there's an actual ghost here. Neither of these options are great. Help. Right. And it's not the performance that's the problem. It's the setup. Yeah, uh, it's just bizarre. I, I, but I, in a bad way. Yeah. I, f- I felt the, Ale- the, the actress that plays Allison, I, I liked felt her. for 
she was always committed to whatever that scene was. Hmm. There's no consistency but, to any of her scenes. And that's the problem. Like, not, how not am I with supposed her, to play this? Yeah. Well, you're in this situation. Okay, is this going to make sh- sense in editing? No. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's literally staring at a ghost at the foot of her bed and saying, I don't feel comfortable. That's how do you act that? How do you act that without sheer terror, knowing that that won't be paid off in another scene? I'm reminded of uh, Ben Affleck's contributions to the Armageddon commentary, which if you don't have the uh, Criterion edition of Armageddon. Oh, you heard that right. Criterion. That's right. The Rock and Armageddon are in the Criterion collection on the uh, DVD and Laserdisc. I don't think they've ever had the Mm -hmm. Blu-ray Criterion release because, well... The no. film companies actually want Michael to Bay them. has more movies in the Criterion collection than Sam Raimi. Yeah. Does Sam have any? No. Well, that would be more. Yeah. Um, but he, he relates this one time when they were doing one of the asteroid sequences and uh, they didn't have any of the wires or anything set up. And Michael Bay shouted, shout just, you know, pretend you're in, ze- you're in zero gravity, to which Ben Affleck says, like, how do you mine zero gravity? How do you mime zero gravity? So it's like, how do you, you know, casually react to a ghost? Mm-hmm. It's like that, that. That's what that reminds me of. And that was a long tangent because, again, there's not a lot of there there in this movie. Yeah, we're trying to get so, a whole episode out of this. It's it's rough. So uh, Jim goes to bed. Uh, he Colin's going to stay up and drink the last two, four, five tracks and beer and watch uh, softcore pornography. Because, uh, well, it's a horror movie and we needed a little bit of boobies and butts. Yeah, and Colin is... A douche. Yeah. He's the guy that watches porn at the, ha- the house you're house sitting at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he hadn't been called over by a ghost in like a minute, he would have been jerking it. Yeah. But he gets up, try- he hears the thumping and gets up and tries to f- see what it is, but uh, does not see the cause of the thumping and then the staircase door opens up and he is pulled in crotch first. <laughs> That's the last we hear of him at all. We don't, yeah, we never see him again. Because we get to the uh, bookend and... Well, first, uh, okay. yeah. All right. so, so, yeah. first, so Colin gets sucked in and that wakes up Jim. Jim goes down to look in the crawl space door and uh, no, nothing... Colin no is, Colin. There's no Colin... But as he looks around, he sees the dead body of Donna. Obviously, it's her. And then he gets pulled in, and the door closes. And then we get to our opening scene with Tony asking, trying to find Jim, and then finding him in the crawl space. And then we get our bookend. I'm sorry. Yeah. At which point, we don't have any Colin. We just have Jim in there. Um, No Donna, either. Oh! That's what we skipped. Uh, so after Jim gets pulled in, we get our last January flashback where, uh, Eunice is, is laying in bed with the gun and she hears the thump, she hears the, the, the faint thumping, goes down to investigate, sees the completely living Donna and, uh, like just totally normal human Donna has come, come to check on Eunice and, uh, Eunice just shoots her right in the stomach. Yep. And then she bleeds to death and dies. And then it's shoved into the crawl space, and then she's not in the crawl space when Jim is found Mm -hmm. 
No Colin. Um, but there is the smell that they complain about. Yeah. Um, Jim's breath smells like farts. Right. <laughs> he got doo-doo breath. And uh, as he, as Tony's trying to make, trying to get Jim out of the, as Tony's trying to get Jim out of the closet and uh, find out what's going on, Eunice shows up and shoots Tony. Was Donna's body, like, did Tony see the body? Like, Tony has not No, been... nobody saw Donna's body because Donna appears by creeping her fingers yeah. around the side of the right. door jam and popping out as a scare, as a ghost, not as a body. Yeah. And also, in the February sequences, nobody, Eunice or Tony, appeared to be worried that Donna is missing. Or even mentioned that Donna is missing. Even though Do they know Donna's missing? Do I, they know she's dead? I, I mean, Eunice knows she's dead. Eunice definitely knows she's dead. It's weird. She's, yeah. Um, okay, so those are some plot threads that can be sewn up in a sequel. Don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't make a sequel. Um, so, uh, Jim is, yeah, Jim is in the crawl space. Uh, Allison shows up. Right. And Uni's threatening to shoot Donna. Allison. Allison. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Allison's almost going to be shot. Then Eunice turns the gun on herself and says she won't let you sleep, which is vaguely reminiscent of the ring with uh, the kid saying she never sleeps, Mm -hmm. which, again, they saw the ring and they really liked the ring. Wear it on your sleeve. And so uh, Eunice shoots herself in the head. Allison goes into the, uh, the stairwell closet and tries to comfort Jim. But, you know, as she's hugging him, she doesn't see that Jim's face is all ghosty as mm-hmm. well at this point. And then we pan over to the staircase and then there's ghost Donna staring at the screen, uh, staring at the uh, at the camera. Yeah. And then slow ass credits. So Jim has been dead the some part of the time. I mean, at least not the whole time. No. Maybe the f- we don't know. Yeah. But Jim is dead at the end and we didn't know that at the beginning and that's the twist. Jim's it's dead, Bones. I mean, he's dead. Jim. Ah. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was not there was nothing to this movie, but man, like it didn't even it wasn't the slowest one we watched. I think the Witch's one felt a lot slower. But there, this had about as much going on in it as the witches one did. Yeah, it just again, it was it wasn't challenging us. It wasn't surprising us. It was just it wasn't even engaging. Yeah, it was just boring. Um, I feel except like except for Al- that one scene. Except for that, that one, scene. one scene was great, and I feel like Allison through the entire movie was committed to the role. Yeah, the guy playing Jim was good in that one scene. Mm-hmm. Colin. Man, maybe the guy playing Collins like some Mensa member and everything, and said this was actually an incredible performance. He is either exactly the guy he played, and that's why he was playing that guy, mm-hmm. or he was putting in an amazing performance. Yeah. But he was douchey dude bro, best friend from any college movie. He's dead man on ever. campus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh and that's the movie. And then it cuts to some, you know, death metal hardcore rock song that does not fit with the aesthetic of the movie at all. Not even remotely. A um, lot of blue. A lot of blue. Uh, like, not I, just I, I, nighttime stuff, but... 
I, I thought Sutter Kane had worked on the film. It was there's so much blue. It was there was crazy. a lot. Like for only having one brief clip of a soft core on a TV that a guy is watching, this was a very blue movie. Hey, I see what you did there. Yeah, and, and then I said, apologize. I mean, get in line after. Like everybody involved in the movie should apologize first. Oh, I didn't even I mean, make this. You can't even like, I, like you can't even get angry about it or annoyed yeah, with it. It's it just, was. It's it's, a, it's such a nothing burger of a movie. They made a complete movie. It's better than a lot of the ones we watched. Some, they, yeah, some, yeah. There was there was acting. There was cinematography. There Not, was spectacle. There's calamity. There's a, sorry. Hey, in Abneyville, hey, starring in everybody and me. <laughs> One of the one of my absolute favorite moments in any movie ever is the almost complete non sequitur at the end of that song, where it's like when they're at the last, hey, a movie, and Sweetums has managed to pull himself out of the sewer just mm-hmm. barely. It's like, is there any way to stop it? <laughs> <laughs> and he was all about the first one, well, Hollywood. Well, that that's why I, I thought that was a great little reference to that. That's what it's like. That's his whole thing in that opening number. It's like, no. We can't do this again. This is terrible for me. No, we're not doing this. So he's trying to stop the movie from starting because it was bad the last time. That's to bookend our opening conversation. What we need: Amityville Happiness Hotel. Happiness Amityville Muppets. Muppet Amityville. Muppet, Muppet Amityville. Amityville. Am- like yeah. Happiness Hotel. Like I mean, top sure, to bottom. Sure, sure, sure. The Great Muppet Amityville. I mean, do it. Yeah, yeah. They're two. They're they're twins. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fozzie, take off your hat. We got demons. We got demons. We got flies. We, we got, got flies. Fly. Sure, we got our own. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, that was good. I can't Wayne Brady a good song. Parody. I mean, nobody can like Wayne Brady. He's Wayne Brady. He's really good. I mean, all the other things, but, you know, it's because he's really good first. That's why we make fun of him. Because yeah. we're all jealous. <sighs> Resale value is, is kind of nothing. Yeah. It, this was... It was a rental. Um, <laughs> the resale, resale value was a rental. If we were rating potato chips, I would call this a Sunday Eucharist. Yeah, I mean, it is... Well, I mean, it is... Yeah, yeah, I guess... Yeah, wow. I was going to say, well, it is a potato chip. No, it's really... It's not... It doesn't even have the salt on it. No. Well, on that exciting note, uh, we'll see you guys next week with something that is hopefully a little more exciting. What do we have next week? I'm not sure. I know that we're trying to track down some of these more recent ones. Well, uh, we're not going to reference that because by the time all of these come out, we'll have done everything. Of course. And so we don't have to make some... We got Vanishing Point thing. finally found and posted. Uh, next week is Amityville Vampire. Oh, <laughs> which man, I can only imagine. I wonder if it's really just gonna be like a Amityville Harvest, but under a different name. Wouldn't that be funny? I Wouldn't feel like be, we would have found that, that in our research. Amazing. That would be a freebie. Amityville Vampire. Checking to see if it's on Tubi yet, because you know. Oh no, not there. Uh, anyway, we'll figure it out. In the meantime, go out and watch something. Better? Anything. Anything is better. Well, not anything, but 
There are lots of things that are better. Yeah, you know, I'm not. We're, we're not here to tell you how to run your life. Clearly, you're making nothing but bad decisions because you've mm-hmm. gotten this far in this podcast. So, uh, until next time, get out. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. <laughs>